Hi, and welcome back to the ADHD Friendly Podcast. I'm Patty Blinderman. I'm an ADHD coach, and I am always looking for ways to bring more ease to my life with some ADHD friendly tips and tools and strategies. And I share them here in the hopes that it does the same for you. Today, I'm going to be talking about prioritizing summertime and sharing some tools that might support you to be able to do the things that are most important to you this summer. So summer kind of comes in with this wide span of time ahead of me. It always feels like when school gets out, I can breathe. Summer's here. It's this big open, you know, multi-month period of time where I've got a bit more room in my schedule. Everything is, is less structured and more relaxed. And that always feels wonderful for a couple of days. And then it starts to unravel because I realize the days are starting to blend and without structure, nothing gets done. So I wanted to share a couple of the things that I've done over the years to support me and my family to use the summer months in a way that allow us to prioritize what's most important to us. And just invite you to explore what would help you to make use of your summertime in a way that's honoring what's most important to you. So I'm going to begin with my first ADHD friendly tip, and that is to get what you want to do and who you want to see and plans you want to make, vacations you want to take, trips, movies you want to see, books you want to read, anything that you'd like to do this summer that's important to you out of your head and into a list. Get it into some physical representation so that you can see it. So either, you know, writing it on a piece of paper, um, putting it into a Word doc, some way that you can, I recommend physical, but if typing it into a list, you know, is going to work better for you, that's fine, but not, not keeping it in your head. So you're freeing up that, that mental space so that you can use it, right? We don't want to be filling our brain with all of the things that we're intending to do. And then we don't have anything left to, to really do the things that we're trying to do. We're holding it on holding on to it all in our head. So make a physical list, get it out of your head and a place that you can see it. So I have my summer goals on a list for 2022. And I just have some categories. These aren't fun things. These are things I want to accomplish during the summer, not work-related, more family and um, personal household related. So I have movies that I want to see. Um, I have books I want to read. I have connections. So family and friends that I'm hoping either are planning to come here to visit me, or I'm going to go visit um, a little bit of traveling over the summer. I have the structure that I want to remember and stay connected to around driving with driving practice with my daughter. We've definitely falling, fallen off of the, the wins that we had built up with her driving practice. Thought we would just keep that structure once school was over, but once that structure was gone, it fell off. So I've put it back on my list and I built it back into my calendar so I can check it off and I can see it. Um, and I, I have some knitting projects that I've identified. I want to get completed this summer. I want to start a couple of Christmas gifts. I'm going to be making because if I wait until fall, I won't have the time to actually do it. So I need to start doing them over the summer because I'm hand making them. And then I have a, a, a project I'm working on that's organizing all of my family pictures they're in a state of complete 
really chaos, even though I know I left notes um, for where I left off. I haven't looked at them since January. They're all over a ping pong table in my basement. And I have now built some time into my calendar so I can see when I'm going to be able to go back and actually get them organized and where I want them to be when they're done. So how I've done that is I started with the list. And the second tool I'm going to share is moving from your list into scheduling it on a calendar in whatever form that that takes for you. So I printed out just an example of a summer calendar um, with June, July, August. June is already gone, which is why I'm doing this. We're, we're you know, about midway into the summer. And I thought it was a great time just to explore if there are things that you wanted to accomplish this summer, you wanted to prioritize if it hasn't happened yet. My hope is that one of these tools might create some ease for you to be able to still make it happen with the remaining two months of summer. So what I did was I just started plotting in. When am I going to do driving practice? Where's my my days that I'm looking to exercise? And I can block out like when I know people are going to be visiting or when I'm planning on going somewhere. So I could literally see the time I have available. And in order to prioritize the time, we have to be able to see the time we have available. And once we can see that, it it just creates more ease in making those decisions regarding what's the most important thing. So if I don't have time to do all of this, what do I want to make sure I am including? And then I can let go of the other things instead of it just being on a list that I feel badly about at the end of the summer, because I didn't do it. I can literally see that's not going to happen. I'm going to go ahead and take it off my list now because there's no way I can read all those books. So I'm going to just pick three. And then I still have my list if I finish and I have time for more, but by prioritizing it, it just gives me a way to begin and start checking them off and then feel as though I'm seeing progress and I'm enjoying the things that I'm wanting to spend my time on with the extra time I have in the summer. So those are just a couple of tools, a list, and then, you know, seeing it on a calendar that help me with the priorities that I have for the summer months. The next tool I want to share is more of a family tool. And when you think about if you, if you have smaller kids in your life, the, the school schedule being gone, if you, if you are you know on a traditional school calendar, we're all often trying to figure out what to fill that time with. When my kids were small, I stayed home. So they were with me all day, every day once school let out, which created a lot of urgency for me to figure out how to structure that time. Because without the structure, there were a lot more meltdowns. I was always really tired trying to figure out what's next, what's next, what's next. I really created the structure out of necessity. And I found a tool online. I just used to do it on a weekly planning sheet, um, but I found a visual representation that closely matched what I was doing that I just borrowed the structure to share with you because I like the spreadsheet format. So I'm going to post a picture of this in the show notes. But as you can see, it's just a Monday through Sunday, and it's broken down into a morning activity, an afternoon activity, a bonus activity, because there were days where it was raining or it was too hot. If I had outside activity planned, I needed some alternative that I could pull from in case we were stuck inside or you know whatever, and we needed something else to do. Um, I also planned dinner. Meal planning has always been really challenging for me. I don't like to cook. I'm not a very good cook. Um, and planning meals was always one of those things that I felt like a quote unquote good mom knew how to do. And, and it was evidence that you know I wasn't such a great mom if I didn't know how to plan what was for dinner until the moment before I was in the kitchen out of urgency because I knew that they were going to need to eat. Um, 
And I always looked at other moms and thought, wow, you know, they really have it all together. They, they just seem to know how to pull meals together or um, have planned in advance. And like when their kids asked them during a play date, like, mom, what's for dinner tonight? They'd answer the question. I was always amazed by that. So I, I realized if I would think about it in advance, it would help me to identify and didn't mean I was stuck to it, but it just let me know if I, if I put it on the list, we could shop for the things and they were at least in the house. And so I always had like a pasta night, a taco night, a sandwich night, we'd have a leftovers night and a pizza night. And it just made it easier. And then one night a week, I, I would have fun for yourself, which my kids, my youngest misunderstood what I was saying for years. And she would call it fun for yourself, which worked too, because it was definitely fun. They got to pick what they wanted to eat for dinner. Sometimes it was breakfast for dinner, whatever. Um, and then one night we'd order food um, so that there wasn't any expectation that I was doing any prep and plan. That was kind of like my reward for planning the rest of the week. I got to order food one night. So again, the structure just helped me to be able to do that with a little bit more ease and build up a list of things I knew I could make and that the kids would eat. Cause that was also what was frustrating is I wasn't very good at cooking and I didn't like it. And then I would make it and the kids wouldn't eat it. So it was, I was not getting any uh, of that reward pathway activation from cooking. So I had to find ways to do it more easily. Um, and then I'd have like an active after dinner activity. Um, a lot of times my husband and I would, would take turns where it'd be like mom's night with the boys, dad's night with the girls. Cause we have four kids, two girls and two boys, and we would alternate and break it up so that we would each have time with, you know, two of the kids or one of the kids at a time to really, um, be able to spend more time with them instead of, you know, always kind of splitting our attention with all of them. Um, and then we'd have like movie night where we take turns picking a movie. Each family member got to pick a movie that we thought genuinely thought the rest of the family would like. So it couldn't be, this is my favorite movie. I don't care if you like it or not. We're watching it because that's not sustainable. It was, uh, this is a movie I, I want to watch and I really think you guys are going to like it. And, you know, we had to work on this over the years and it, it didn't always work, but it worked more often than not. And same thing with game, game night. We would, you know, have a list of games that generally we could play as a family and have pretty good outcomes because sometimes there's certain games that just didn't work for us and noticing that and keeping my list and this kind of structure really helped me remember what they were. I also had a chores column. Um, again, I didn't always know exactly what needed to be done when, and if I just kind of woke up like, oh, this house is a mess, I really need to get it organized or clean or whatever, that was too much. So if I just gave myself specifically like vacuum on Monday, change the sheets on the beds on Tuesday, do laundry on Wednesday, put laundry away on Thursday, clean the bathrooms on Friday. Um, it just, you know, put structure around it so that I could do that thing and check it off and not expect myself to do more. Um, and know that when I checked it off, I was done. And then I even had a shower schedule so I could remember, you know, generally, just keeping up with it. Like if we're not showering every single night, if we didn't go out and they didn't do anything, I could see the pattern and, and keep up with it more easily. And I've just modified it a bit. When I went back into it to prepare for this podcast, I realized I really loved the visual um, nature of the schedule. And I thought there's a few things I'm trying to do personally, like keeping with my exercise routine. I have a couple of new trees that we planted that I have to make sure that they're getting watered. And so I just added them and I just put some check boxes on my list so I can easily see it. And if I print it each week, I can keep up with it with more ease. And it allowed me to think about, okay, what's most important to me this summer. And so I have a category for connection where each week I'm just identifying, have I called these people? I'm very out of sight, out of mind. I very literally experienced that. And 
because that's a real thing for me, I will forget to call my own kids who don't live here in my home with me anymore. And so if I have them on a list, even though I think of them many times throughout the day, it's not always at a time I can call them. But if I'm looking at my list, I'm like, oh, that's right. I'm going to call my daughter today. It just makes sure that I'm following through with my intention because that has always been a challenge for me. I have great intentions. If I don't put structure around them, they often stay intentions. They don't, they don't become things that I've actually followed through with and completed. So I thought, well, let me just write it down. And that, I don't know if that sounds um, like, how could you forget to call your own kids? I don't know, but that literally is a challenge for me. So it, because it's a real thing, I put it on my list and then I updated my chores that I'm trying to do each day. Again, a little bit of structure. I don't follow this religiously. There are a lot of things that don't get done, but because it has structure and it's visual, I at least remember, and it creates a choice point. So I might move it to a different day, or I might decide "Mm, I don't need to do that today, or I don't have time, but it's not getting forgotten. And that's really the the main tip that I want to highlight is getting it out of your head and into something you can see allows you to remember what you've prioritized, to keep up with your intentions, and to be able to follow through with them with a little bit more ease because you're doing it in a more ADHD friendly way. So that's all for this podcast on prioritizing your summertime. As always, I really hope that you will follow me on my YouTube channel, ADHD friendly podcast. I'm up to 37, 37, knocking on 40 stores. So if you, if you would be willing to subscribe, I really do appreciate it going for that hundred subscribers to get my unique um, link that I can share. And remember the best time to start your personal owner's manual, which is where I keep all of these tools that I remember what worked in the past. So when summer comes up, I can pull out my previous summer's list. I can see what was important last year, what I got done, what didn't get done, and I can keep improving it. The best time to start that was 20 years ago. The second best time is now. As always, remember, ADHD friendly is the way that brings more ease in our lives. Until next time, tally ho.